Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dieter Kurtenbach and I have an interesting topic that we want to discuss about the NBA. Basically, the idea of this podcast is going to be who are the people within the NBA that are most going to shape the NBA over the course of of the next calendar year. So basically, who will shape the NBA in 2019 above anyone else? Uh, Dieter, you and I kind of texted back and forth. I was like out shopping like on La Brea yesterday, like looking for jeans and looking for shoes and stuff while we were texting. Uh, Yeah, like try. I realized how like out of the fashion game I am. Whenever I go to stores like this that are like supposed to be super like cool stores, and I'm like, the thought of the thought of you in those stores makes me giggle. Yeah, like I, I you know, doing doing okay. Like I figure I should try and like get the fashion game going again. You know, maybe uh-huh. maybe not even like get the fashion game going again, but going for the first time in my life, establish it, establish it, <laughs> create a know? baseline. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be thirty. What I guess in the next. 13 months so i need to, need to do in, something i feel like yeah yeah here's my advice on that as someone who is on the wrong side of 30 um don't don't bother it's not worth the effort <laughs> it's not worth the money it's never gonna happen um I, I am in fact fighting i have never been part of any wave uh at least any wave that that is still rolling onto the shore uh it's it's way too difficult it's just wait like I was on Nike. I want to buy a pair. I, I have craved for my entire life. Okay, a pair of Jordan ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember specifically going to uh, the shoe store near the house I grew up at. Shoe store, which was a, a novel concept back in the day, um, and there were a pair of Jordan ones. Uh, I, I guess it was a restock of some sort. This probably would have been ninety four, ninety five. How, how many and pair of Jordan ones do you own right now? Zero. Oh wow. I don't own any Jordans at all. And I think I I have three pair of Jordan ones. Yeah. And and so I've always, I've always wanted them, but they've never been really a practical buy for me. And beyond that, I wear a size 16 shoe. So while yes, it's a basketball shoe. Yeah. It it does make it tricky because I'm also not dropping $220 on one pair of shoes. Like I Mm -hmm. I don't like shoes. I love shoes, but I would rather diversify more my portfolio for that 220. I'd rather get three pairs of shoes. Um, so I've been kind of on the market looking around for sort of this this holy grail of Jordan 1s. And uh, the other night I'm on the Nike the Nike website and I got a code and I'm like, this might be the night. Like, I'm ready to do it. And I see a pair of Air Monarchs, the classic uh, mow your lawn dad shoe, uh, for $250 on Nike.com because it's signed by someone who I've never heard of and I didn't even have the the energy to google uh and like they blew out like the heel of them i I don't understand it was like they had tumors on them and it had a signature (laughs) and that's now that's now a 250 dollars shoe like ron adams the the old assistant coach of the warriors wears air monarchs like pete carroll wears air monarchs and now they're somehow like a hype beast thing like I, i the culture's gone too far i give up like just just let 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 the wave come to you because it's certainly not worth it's not worth trying to catch anything because it's nonsensical bullshit. Like they're just making this up as they go along and 
justifying their inclusion in some weird club. I, I just, I just, I just gave up. I'm just going to keep wearing Eddie Bauer and like forty dollar <laughs> Adidas fucking suede shoes that are you know fine, like uh, you know, like old superstars. Like that's it. I'm just like, and and if that be, if that becomes a wave, cool. And if it doesn't, fine. <laughs> Oh my god! Peter. Don't 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 spend so much fucking money. Like don't go. I have I have nice jeans. I wear like a hundred and eighty dollar jeans mainly because see, know, like I I struggle with that part of it. Like because I you don't normal people clothes. Yeah, that's true. Like, but like we went to a store down here yesterday that was selling jeans for like two hundred bucks, and I was okay. like, that's not crazy. Like it, it is. It's stupid. But once you've accepted that threshold as something you're willing to do, it, it's not insane. I just feel like I can get good jeans for like seventy bucks. You can, yeah. Like I can, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like so let I'm me like, tell you something. Like Old Navy actually makes a decent jean. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like I buy jeans it. from uh, American Eagle regularly, and like I'm comfortable with that. But like they're they're nice jeans. Like sometimes, yeah. Like sometimes you have to buy new ones. Like I probably have to buy new American Eagle jeans at a rate higher than what i would have to buy like 220 dollar jeans right uh no <laughs> no, no? That, that, that's no. a misnomer <laughs> um uh i buy uh ag jeans um they got a little bit of elastic in them that, you know they look pretty good uh i have a bunch of like dress pants that are ag like i'm a big ag guy and i'll buy them like nordstrom rack when they go on super sale and, and hope that you know, I, I win the lottery when it comes to my size, which is 34 or 30, 38, 36, um, wish, wishful thinking on the 34th. Um, and then, <laughs> so I, but I have one pair of jeans like that, but like th- they'll blow out. Like that's the thing. If they're really nice, like it's typically a more, it, it's, they're not exactly dungarees here. Like they're going to mm-hmm. blow out in the crotchal region. They're going to, you know, like the, if you if you uh, are sitting on hard seats, like the pockets will will bust out. Like it, that is what it is. You need to establish a good tailor. Whereas with, but you you, know, you get them repaired. I guess there's more of a positivity to that. There's more of a I, they get a little bit of uh, character in that regard, which they certainly you're certainly not buying the character. And then, uh, <laughs> but you know, if you get like an old navy pair, or you go to Walmart and buy some Wranglers, like you can just keep buying like okay well the ass you know the the ass pocket blew out or there's a hole there like okay i'll just go buy another pair i'll just go buy another pair and i don't know what the right answer on that one is but you're definitely not like buying quality with 200 in fact you're probably getting a better quality with the lower cost jean because there's some real fucking denim to them as opposed to like them trying to turn them into yoga pants that that look like jeans hot fashion takes from dieter and sam this is this has to be. So I will give you one great piece of advice, though. This is a legit piece of advice when it comes to fashion, and you should take this with a thousand grains of salt. But I do think that this stands up. The Lululemon pants are incredible. Yeah, yeah, you've told me about those before. You are you are big on the Lululemon pants. I should actually. I've been looking for sweatpants. I should probably do that. They're not sweatpants. They look exactly like I have a pair of. Uh, Blue. I, I I couldn't remember colors. Um, blue Lululemon pants that look exactly like the pants I have for a blue suit. And so I'm like, that's an easy swap. And it's, oh, just, God. it's just fucking fantastic. And no, I, I swear no one would ever know. Like, they're the same level of, like, sheen 
as like a nice silk suit that I paid a bunch of money for. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. Like you know, like if I like when uh, my wedding comes around in August, and if you and Heather come down for it, I'm gonna look at you during my wedding, and you're wearing those fucking Lululemon pants. Maybe and I'm be wearing gonna... shorts. This is another wave that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hope sticks around. Oh my God, no, they'll, uh, be, they'll be they'll be Lululemons, but they'll be shorts. Oh my That's God, that's with that. I'm it's, going it's full a, ACDC. It is an outdoor wedding uh, in the middle of August, so it, I would not even in the like Southland. Yeah, you bet your ass I'm wearing the shorts. <laughs> oh my god! This, this sweaty boy is not is not busting out the full suit for you. Oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You're uh, gonna be dripping the entire time. You're gonna be dripping. Why are you doing that? Is everyone gonna get a personal fan as a wedding gift? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I'm seriously bringing this up to Laura later. Here's your um, <laughs> uh, let's get Let's get into this. So we've got a list of like 12 or 13 people here. Realistically, well, 12 or 13 topics. Uh, it's something like 18 people because the one topic has five or six guys. And our goal here is just to, to, just to discuss how these guys will shape the NBA over the next year. To me personally, I don't think that any singular person will shape the NBA more this year than Kevin Durant uh, in calendar 2019. The reason that I say that is, A, he's a player. B, he is the finals MVP, two-time reigning finals MVP. C, he's holding kind of the NBA hostage right now mm-hmm. with his free agency situation. Like, you know, he, he might not like that terminology necessarily, but it is a real factor right now uh and it also like gives us real reason to discuss here like the warriors lost to the suns last night this is what like not something that happens right (laughs) so they hadn't they hadn't done it in four years 19 games so like let's just kind of discuss a what do you think makes kevin durant the most important player or person in the nba because not all these guys are players right uh and b i mean like where where do we go from here with the warriors well the the reason that that durant is the most important player in the league for the next six months or so um or until he at least signs somewhere is because he's arguably the greatest scorer in nba history and he's 30 years old uh he is in his prime he plays for a team that uh, we might not have noticed it last night uh, when they lost to the Suns, but plays for a team that is, when they are on head and shoulders, I would argue better than the rest of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And his decision to stay with that team long term or go elsewhere obviously would have a massive effect on not just the the leader in the clubhouse, for the title every year in a dynasty, um, it would also bring up another team if he goes somewhere else. So um, Kevin Kevin Durant is the embodiment of, of what so many players say is the truth. It, it, it's a player empowerment league, and he holds all the cards. He can make or break uh, a dynasty. He can make or break uh, a, a low-level franchise. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to infer what I, I'm getting at by the, uh, saying that. So I... I don't know what he's going to do. I think that the breadcrumbs all lead one direction, but those are just breadcrumbs. And where the Warriors are at right now, they're not in a happy place. 
I don't know if that necessarily means anything when it comes to wins and losses because they are admittedly bored by the regular season. I don't think that that's a great thing to openly admit. I don't think that that's um, something that can just be brushed aside very easily and, and you just presume that they'll turn it on at the right time and that they have established the correct habits this season to win another championship. But that's where this team is. They are extremely confident that they are still the best team in the league. They have shown uh, in spurts that they are, in fact, that. And despite the fact that um, they are full of angst and uh, no one seems to be in a good mood, and Kevin in particular is uh, icy, that's the nice way of putting it, uh, and has not uh, de-thawed or has not thawed since uh, since that famous grow up press conference and in fact it's gotten only a little bit chippier i mean he's like seeking out fights now it seems um despite all of that and despite the, the negative mood you would have to still favor them to win the championship just given the amount of talent that they have which again references the initial point the the reason that they are supremely talented isn't because of the bench it isn't you know because they, they've been developing young players it's because they signed kevin durant and they have five all-stars in their starting lineup right now. Um, they're not all playing like all-stars, but they have five all-stars. And if you lose Durant, who we can argue if he's number one or number two in, in that hierarchy, um, it just changes the entire complexion of the team. And a player of that level, it would just change the entire complexion of the NBA. Yeah, and I, I think that the big thing about that is Draymond Green has been for differing reasons, be it injury, be it just lack of give a shit about the regular season. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been what he's been in the past. And honestly, he is someone that you talk to NBA executives around the league. There's real concern about giving him like huge money on a long-term deal. No question. Like, that That is something you've been told, I assume as well. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's concerns mainly and listen and this is going to bubble up now in the next couple of days regardless because you saw steve kerr last night in in that loss to the suns late in the fourth quarter say if the lip readers are to be believed and it looks right to me i'm so fucking sick of draymond shit um and like around. I get, it, I get that. Like, I don't think that, that it's that big of a deal, but it's a thing. And it has, it's, it has it's, to be here's the thing. It's not a big deal at all. That that stuff annoys me because, like, coaches say that shit about players all the time. It right. just never gets caught, right? Like, this is not something that is abnormal. No, like, no. And, and these guys have got it's, these guys have a uh, a hot and cold relationship because they're. Contrary to what you might initially believe, um, they're wired in extremely similar ways. Right. Like, it's just not... That, that's not a big deal to me, and I, I don't really care about that. What I care about is we need to know more about what's happening with Draymond, and we'll talk about Draymond here whenever we get to the second guy. But, like, his play is critical to the idea of, you know, what Kevin Durant decides to do, and the reason for that is is if you believe Draymond is lesser than what Draymond has been over the course of the last five years, and if you believe that, you know, Clay Thompson, I think Clay's probably Clay fine. Clay's but, a max guy. You, you, can't, yeah. you, can't, you can't overthink that one. I mean, he's but steady if, as she goes. So if you believe that Dre is a little bit less than what he has been in the past, and you believe mm -hmm. that Clay, who is, uh, I, I believe, 29 now, I uh, just yeah. turned 29 yeah. this year. Uh, so you're 
essentially paying him for his age 30 season next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you believe he is slightly less than what he's been, not a lot less, but just slightly less in the years to come in the years to come. Right. Then you're talking about a team that is no longer really like a crazy super team. Right. No, no, no. If no. Kevin, if you Durant, lose Kevin Durant, you lose your crazy super team status. In fact, you could argue given this season, this was something I was thinking about I didn't write it last night, but it was something I was thinking about this morning as I kind of did the autopsy on my column from from last night's game. Um, you can argue that this team, given the current mood and state and angst that it has, needs to be shook up this offseason regardless of Durant's decision. Like that it might yeah. be better in some way if Durant just takes care of this himself because these guys do not seem to enjoy anything they're doing right now and i'm not sure that that's going to change come playoff time because then it becomes this almost compulsory well we're the best team we have to go out and win things like there's no joy in mudville right now and um, right that is what it is it's not necessarily unexpected this team has been together in some way shape or form for four years now they have gone to um four straight nba finals they're looking to go to a fifth that is unprecedented since the Celtics. Uh, there's a reason it's been unprecedented since the Celtics, and we're seeing a lot of those reasons uh, come to fruition for this team right now. Um, they are not deep. They are extremely top-heavy. Uh, they are figuring out a lot of things on the fly because of the, the Cousins situation. Cousins, in theory, is gone, though he's been so underwhelming that he might come back for another make-it-or-break-it year. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you can make the argument that that Durant is the cause of all of this angst because he's held this looming free agency over this team's head. He sort of lorded over the team earlier in the season, and now he's just angry all the time, it seems. Um, that that negative energy has now spread to, uh, <laughs> to, to other parts of the locker room. You can argue that this is a short-lived thing because if they beat the Rockets, then everyone's going to go back and say, oh, they flipped the switch back and they're so excellent and they're obviously the number one team in the NBA and it was stupid. We ever doubted them and they were just bored against the Suns, this and that. Andrew Bogut's coming in. He's an old, you know, a, a, an old personality that they know. He might help unlock some stuff. Um, th- there's a lot, but I, 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 can't, I can't escape that notion that this needs to stop, that they need to do something different and reinvent themselves in a, in a certain way uh, this upcoming offseason because this has run its course. And uh, that might be Draymond. That might be Kevin taking, you know, if Kevin resigns, that maybe they have to you know, look in other ways. And, and that, that might be moving on from Draymond, who still has a year left on his contract and who wants a full max after after signing with which with clutch sports even if he doesn't necessarily deserve a full max going forward he wants it for for time served because he the way he sees it uh he took a uh he took a discount on his last extension and has out earned that and it's kind of hard to argue with that so he wants to be made whole on his next deal even though um you're really not supposed to pay dudes for what they're about to do. Yeah, or, that's that's really not the way this works. And like I said, yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, with the Warriors, let's just kind of jump into like the debacle that was losing to the Phoenix Suns yeah. and what this all means going forward. I still don't think it means much, but yeah. you know, you and I texted last night. Like, yeah. I do think that 
there is just one voice in that locker room that could kind of bring this all together like if things really get disastrous and i don't think we're at that stage yet like they no. just beat the nuggets by 17 on friday yeah we're not the warrior beat the one or five yeah, yeah they beat the there. 76ers on the road last week like this is not a disaster scenario now but like they did both they of have, those things while being moody though so, moody is the nice way of putting it so, so. like here's the thing Wednesday at Houston, Saturday at Oklahoma City, Monday at San Antonio, like three games in a row here that will test them. Like they do need, they don't need to do anything because they are the champions and they're very clearly the most talented team. But I think that the three game stretch will tell us a lot about where they are. And if it goes poorly and if this starts to spiral, I just look at this as like, look, I know Stephen Curry isn't exactly like the most vocal human being when it comes to like basketball locker room dynamics. No, but I also do believe that he would step up if the time came because at the end of the day, we can talk about Kevin Durant. We can talk about Steve Kerr. We can talk about Joe Lacob. We can talk about top to bottom. Everyone in this warriors organization, nobody's voice means more than Steph. Nobody's no voice means more. And it's not a voice is, that's used very frequently, though. It's not a voice that's used very frequently, but it's a voice that matters above all other voices. And I think that if this thing started to spiral, it would come. I think that he would be the guy to step up and really decide, hey, I need to do something here. Like, it's a. It's a nice notion, and I can't necessarily disagree with it, but it does feel to me as if the Steph stepping up and giving a rah-rah speech in the locker room to pull everybody together, one, could have negative consequences. Um, See, I don't know that I agree with that necessarily. I don't know if I'm I'm saying it. I'm just saying it needs to at least be considered as part of this calculus. And the second part... Sure, but we're talking about this as like a break glass in case of emergency that was the exact terminology i was about to use it's a break glass in case of emergency we are not in a full state of emergency yet but if we get to that point um we we have not we've never been to that point with this team yet we don't know what that state feels like what does that look like steph is all that effective at this or just now you're just throwing shit on the wall in a way and, and hoping that it sticks and because i think we both hold steph in high esteem um we're presuming that that would be worthwhile. I, I don't know because it's never happened before. So yeah. <laughs> just the, the presumption of, oh, well, Steph will get him in line. Like, can Steph get him in line? Maybe it's he's a real quiet. question. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's quiet in the locker room because he knows that that's not, that's not something he's great at. You know, um, he, yeah. he does his leader, leader, his leadership is quiet confidence lead by example. Um, and this is a guy who has not opened his mouth once, at least publicly, and to my understanding, privately, complaining about the fact that you know Durant will just steal possessions from sort of the egalitarian five-on-five Steph-led offense. And, and they, and it certainly happened with Cousins. I mean, he's been the one happy to sacrifice uh, a lot of nights' shots in order to get Cousins touches to theoretically get him to a place where he can be effective in the playoffs. Like right. that's, that's Steph's leadership. And Steph is also on a long-term deal. He signed that five-year deal last year. And so right. 
And again, I think that is long term, and he's always been a long con guy. But I think that's what makes him the most likely to have to do something in a break glass in case of emergency yeah. scenario, because he's the one that's most secure there. He's the one yeah. that is very clearly the most important piece of the entire organization. No like, it's got to be him. One, maybe, he's also maybe, the one who's most locked in. Yeah, maybe and... he's not the one that is most likely, but he's the one that needs to do it the most if, yeah. if, things, if push comes to shove here. It is interesting because usually the guy who will do stuff like that is Draymond. And if Draymond, and this is why the Kerr thing matters, even though I do right. think it will blow over without much of an issue. I mean, if hell, if this team could generally put behind him telling Kevin Durant, Draymond telling Kevin Durant, you're a bitch and we don't need you early in the season. And like, listen, that, that's, that's going to linger in the back of everyone's mind forever. But, uh, I don't think that that's been a, a big time issue over the last couple of months. If you yeah. can put that behind him, like then I agree. Like Steve Curtis saying, "You're so tired of Draymond shit," and, and having a, a weak moment of honesty is um, is not going to be a thing. But if Draymond, Draymond, I don't know if Draymond knew about it when he uh, left the locker room in kind of a huff last night. I would like to presume that he did, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to state something that I don't truly know in that regard. Um, I, I don't, he might, he might hold it against Steve. Uh, there's enough bad energy to where stuff like this can linger in in that locker room. So I, I, I don't know if Draymond's going to step up and say something if they go out and get their ass kicked by the Rockets. I, I don't know, you know, Kevin, who is also somebody who's willing to speak up in scenarios like that, right or wrong. Um, I don't, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, calling for everybody to band together. (laughs) in the locker room um when you know if they go out and lose to the rockets like i i just don't know where this leadership is coming from uh at this moment and right. um yeah in terms of in terms of the emergency where you need to break glass i just don't know if we can necessarily presume that steph will also be excellent at rah rah speeches as he is seemingly with everything else regardless kevin durant uh most important player i think going forward over the course no of the question. next year no uh question. So I was, I was. We had some conversations about this one on who to put at number one because I do think that Rich Paul just has his hands in so many different baskets this summer, including the one we were just talking about because he is now Draymond Green's agent. Right? Is that done? By the way, I know it was reported that like it's, it's if happening. It's, if it's reported, it's done. I mean, we understand how this cycle works. Um. So Rich Paul has his hands in the Lakers, obviously, because of LeBron. No question. Uh, he's Anthony Davis's agent, so he will be handling those negotiations in part. Fun times. He has Draymond Green. Yep. Now, and as Dieter said, Draymond Green is going to want a contract of some sort. He, like, he wants. He the probably full wants. Pass, baby. Yes, or like maybe he wants it. He wants it, and he might be he might be considerate uh, of a little bit less. But that that negotiation could go sour fast if the warriors don't come don't come at a number where draymond doesn't want it draymond uh draymond's lockers next to andre guadala and andre guadala milked some extra money out of the warriors and and you can't say that necessarily it wasn't worth it but uh andre guadala is a deft operator and draymond draymond's out for the full bag and the warriors better bring it otherwise there's going to be a problem right uh he so I'm trying to remember like what is his potential extension number. I don't think that it's full max. Like I don't think it's well, that's, and that's one of the big reasons that he he's been openly 
gunning for defensive player of the year because if he wins it twice then he gets super max or full max uh i don't, I don't know you're better one two three four five six so this is his seventh year so he will now be eligible for 30 percent of the cap he might be able to get there in terms of an extension he might be able to get close to being able to get 30 percent on an extension and if it's not 30 percent, it is close close ish i would say to and this is this is the other thing with draymond like yes we're, i just haven't done the math on this ahead of time i'm sorry i'm just kind of no, like it's okay I, running should, through I, should, right I, I should probably have it and yet i'm not even close so i appreciate your effort um uh the other thing with draymond too is how do you value the sort of ethereal stuff that draymond brings being the heart and soul of a defense that hasn't really engaged at all this year um it's a lot of things that don't necessarily translate to obvious money in the way that like a guy can go out and score 25 points per game. Uh, there's a, there's a very clear barometer for how you pay that kind of guy. Uh, Draymond Draymond's viable to not score any points and be the most important player on the court. So there's not a lot of comparables here. He certainly holds himself in high esteem. I hold him in extremely high esteem. I can understand 100% why he would want the full, the full bag, but it, it is tricky because, again, the, who who do you compare Draymond Green to? He he's almost a one-off in this league, and if the so Warriors he, are trying to save some money because they're going to have to pay two bucks on every dollar that they spend going forward because of the luxury tax, regardless of if Durant sticks around or not, um, that that then if if they're going to if they're going to get crafty with this, that that could be a real issue. So. Uh, for what it's worth, the Warriors can only give Draymond uh, $22.2 million to start his next contract. So it would be he would, the 2019-20 season that is locked in for $18 million would exist. And then the next year on top of that, the 2021 year, would be uh, at $22.2 million. He's going to want more than that. So there's no chance. Like, yeah, I, I would be shocked. Three year contract extension. extension this past off season. I, I don't expect him to sign uh, an extension this upcoming summer. I, I would, I would think that he would hit the market in full um, when he becomes a free agent after next year. And that doesn't preclude him from resigning with the Warriors, but I, I do expect him to entertain other offers. Which, by the way, another reason that he'll do that, the 2020 free agency class is, whoo boy, is it a disaster. Um, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for him to do so. Yeah. Uh, Good time. So, with Dre, there's just kind of a lot going on there, and we can move to him and, and later. That's not, and that's like, that, that's like Rich Paul's least interesting client right now. Right. So, like, Draymond Green... The question with Draymond is if Kevin leaves and the Warriors decide that he's I don't think Kevin has anything to do with it. I really don't think Kevin has anything to do with it. I do. Um, I I definitely believe that if Kevin Durant leaves, I could see the Warriors going. The best way for us to shake this up outside of Kevin is by moving Draymond with one year left on his contract. And then trying to. I don't know why I said that. I don't think that has anything. Like, clearly that has something to do. I said that like 10 minutes ago. I, I, yeah. yeah. I'm try and derive player. value that way. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. And Rich Paul would be involved in that. Like finding a place that Draymond is willing to resign with, finding a place that makes a lot of sense for him. Like Miami makes a lot of sense for him, but does Miami mm-hmm. make sense for Golden State? I don't know. Um, because the best way to derive value out of that scenario is trading him to a place he would be willing to resign. And, you know, I think it's going to have to be 
a contender. I think it's going to have to be a team that uh, probably has like a, you know, a, a good city. I don't know that it's going to have to be like an incredible city, but like he's well, probably going to want to go know, coastal. Detroit, Detroit has always been brought up, but I don't know if there's a path for him to go there. Um particularly one that works for the Warriors. Yeah, like I, I don't really see how Detroit works for the Warriors. Um, he, he entertained the notion of going to Detroit, his his hometown team, or at least his home state team, last, last go-around in, in free agency or quasi-free agency. I mean, the Clippers are semi-interesting. It'd be interesting, if, yeah. If only because they have like the way to do it. Like You could do Lou Williams, Montrez, Harrell to make the money work. Yeah, I, I just, again... You, you can argue that those guys provide something similar in a way. Oh, well, what, I, I'm just saying in terms of the money. I'm not saying yeah, in, in terms, terms of, of money. Like, value. I, I just don't know if you, again, just yeah. the same reason that it's hard to figure out what Draymond Green is actually worth. Um, it's hard to get anything what you would argue fair value back for a guy like Draymond Green, even one who's declining. So, right. And if uh, you're the Clippers, yeah. uh, the idea there would be you would still have two max cap spaces and Draymond Green. If you right. would do that, right. so and, but the warrior the, here's the thing: like the Warriors are not going to be the Death Star if they lose Kevin Durant, but they're still going to be good. They're still going to be a playoff. Right. Team. They still have Steph and Clay, um, and and you know the, a clever GM in theory that can maybe make something happen. But I agree with you that they would try to move on from from Draymond and, and even just to open up some cap space for Giannis down the line or something. But uh, I think it's an option. I, I don't know that it's. Agent. Yeah, like I don't know that it's going to happen. I just think it's an option that they'll consider more than anything, and it's something that Rich Paul will be involved in. Uh, the obvious one is just Rich Paul dealing with Anthony Davis this summer. Anthony Davis is a top five player in the NBA who will be traded this summer. We know that for a fact now. Um, will it be Boston who can give the best offer? Will it be the team that gets the number one overall pick if it's the Knicks? Will it be uh, someone that we don't really see coming? Like I, I don't really know. Like who, yeah, who that I, I, could be necessarily. I do know that Rich Paul will entertain all options and that Anthony Davis um, has wanted to get more notoriety for his skill set uh, right. amongst his NBA brethren for quite a while now. So I would imagine it would be a big market team that has a chance to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, I guess that really only leaves Boston considering the state of the Lakers, but who knows? So like... I mean, the, maybe, the crazy the thing Clippers. that maybe it's the Clippers. That's what I was going to say. Like the crazy thing is, so if you're if you're the Pelicans and you value Shea Gilgis Alexander in like a substantial way, um, you could do something like I love Shea, but come on, yeah, like you could do something like Shea, like Landry Shamet, and like multiple firsts because they got all those picks from Philadelphia, right? Uh, and you can make the money work with Gallinari very easily. Um, yeah. I mean, we could also put the Benson family on this list because, like, or I guess Danny Ferry, is Danny Ferry in charge there now? Uh, for now, they're going to open now. up. Yeah, they're opening up for a full search. But I mean, they're going to have to get a general manager at some point. I know Rich Paul calls the shots on this, but uh, the Pelicans do have to be willing participants in a in a yeah. trade. And uh, Lord knows they weren't the first time around. Yeah, like, uh, well, there was no reason for them to be. They weren't motivated to be last time. They will be motivated yep. this time. Uh, yeah, the Clippers, I, I'd like, unless the unless the Pelicans think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is better than Jason Tatum uh, in terms of a long-term prospect, I don't really see how that works. Uh, yeah, I have no I have no concept of how that would be the case. Um, in terms of again, others, I like Shea. Yeah, like, Shea's really good. It's just like he's 
probably not quite there yet. Nope. Uh, so like Rich Paul is going to have to figure all of that out. And, and like, obviously he wants to get him to the Lakers. The Lakers are an intriguing option. Brandon Ingram looked great before he was shut down for the season following a blood clot in his arm. Yeah. Which uh, that's a, that's a dangerous, huge bummer. That's really like, a dangerous thing to go into the, the off season with. I mean, it's a dangerous injury in general, but if that's, if that's something that is, um, possibly repetitive that's a major league that's a major league deal because i mean didn't that what was it that ended chris bosh's career wasn't it something so, similar so uh brandon ingram's is deep vein thrombosis right. which is like a blood clot in a very strange place and in his case i believe it was his arm uh he has to go on blood thinners and it's you just can't play when you're on blood no, of course thinners yeah. because if you start bleeding you can like bleed out and die yeah. um in chris bosh's case it was a pulmonary embolism that was like moving toward the heart, if I remember right. correctly. Right. And he, I don't remember if like he continued to develop them or not. Like, I feel like that was an issue there. Just saying you can't mess around with blood clots. Yeah. Blood clots are something that could very easily end a career. And yeah. uh, we're not saying that's happening. I certainly don't wish it to happen in any way, shape or form. Uh, hopefully this is a one-off and it's forgotten in short order. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that if Brandon Ingram is on the trade block, I mean, Lakers obviously have to take it into consideration because he's one of their best players. But, um, if he's being used as a trade piece, that makes things even more complicated. So alas, that's where this is at. Yeah. Yeah. I sh- we'll see. I mean, like he's still a valuable piece. He looked great he looked over the course of the last the two stretch, weeks, yeah. like before yeah. he was hurt. Like he looked yeah. amazing. Looked yeah, it, like- was, it was starting to click for him for, I would argue the first time. Right, like looked like a very real centerpiece in this deal. Um, yeah, he was. He was play- the dude was playing his way to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, Kuzma is an interesting prospect. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I think, is a good prospect. Also shut down for the year by the Lakers. We'll get to Magic later. Uh, that's going to be a real possibility for Anthony Davis. Uh, like I know that people keep saying, like you know, Boston very clearly is a better offer. I agree if they put all of their pieces on the table, Boston is a better offer, but I don't think you should rule out the Lakers in this scenario. Uh, Boston and the Knicks, I think, are the other two. Like, if the Knicks get the number one overall pick, they can get Anthony Davis, and they can potentially get Kevin Durant. That's the easiest way to lure Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker. Like, it's... Yep. Yeah. If If you can move the number one overall pick, I think that's a home run for both sides, both New York and the Pelicans. But... We'll see. We'll see if that's what they decide to do. Um, so Rich Paul is going to have to navigate those waters. He has to navigate the waters with the Lakers, just trying to like find players to play with LeBron. Because just like the, the reports out of Los Angeles have not been great since yes, they have gone on this losing streak. Uh, you hear stuff like just being in the circles that we run in that like, you know, no one is really happy having to deal with all of the just mess that comes with LeBron. Uh, it's harder to deal with everything that comes with LeBron in Los Angeles. If the team is not winning, if the team is winning and has good players, I think that things would be different and I think it'd be fine, but that's a, that's a water that needs to be navigated for rich Paul. We talked about Draymond green. Ben Simmons is another thing like Ben Simmons is up for an extension this summer. Yeah. And there are more than rumblings that he's just going to turn that some bitch down. So, this stuff happens every year. People right. talk about like, hey, this guy's going to turn down this max offer sheet or max, not offer sheet, max uh, extension. 
I don't see it happening. I'll just be real. I don't I, see it happening either, but there's a lot of smoke on this one. There is. Like, Ben Simmons has been very, uh, very player rights positive throughout the course yeah. of his early career. Uh, you can go back through the documentary that he did with Showtime. You can yeah. go back through Didn't any Dead number Didn't do of, that and create some unreadable nonsense? Yeah, like any number of non, you know, any number of statements he's made publicly like he is very player rights positive and the best way to exercise those rights if you're ben simmons would be to take the qualifying offer if you want to get out of philadelphia and you want to leave a scenario where you can be the guy for the next however many years uh you can be the guy next to joel Embiid. i guess is the way to put it uh okay that's fine i just don't see it happening like i think he's gonna resign I think yeah. he is going to sign the extension and maybe it, like maybe he signs a four year extension instead of a five. Like maybe that's the compromise. Maybe it's an opt out after four, but I think he's signing it because I think it just makes the most sense to do so. And it's not like being in Philly is a bad spot, but um, it, it this is this shows the power Rich Paul has. Right. Just like the fact that people fact are that, talking about this right. is a like maybe not likely outcome, but a potential outcome uh, yeah. says a lot. One hundred percent. That nothing, nothing can be taken for granted when Rich Paul is the agent, and that's that's great. Honestly, that's fantastic. That's what I would want in my agent. Um, so, uh, we'll we'll see. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. It seems ridiculous that he's number two on this list, given all of the tentacles that he has out there right now, and all of the Sentinels that are doing his bidding. But um, well, like with Ben too. I mean, like if Ben decides, or like if Ben threatens to take the qualifying offer. Right. They like need to seriously consider trading him this summer. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know that they will, but they need to think about it at least. That's a fun, that's a fun game for Elton Brand. Congratulations, yeah. you just walked into a hornet's nest. I mean, Elton Brand has been extremely aggressive. I love what he's doing in Philadelphia, but like he doesn't have any power against this. Yeah, and like uh, by the way, if you're totally unfair. If you're Philadelphia, like do you take Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and like picks? Like, is is that is that a fair offer? I don't think it is. Quite I don't for know Ben, if you could ever have a fair offer because we don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be. He's nowhere near a finished product, I would imagine. Now I, you can argue the same for Ingram, but at least we have a better idea of what Ingram's game is going to be. Better um, idea of what Ben's game is going to be. No, I, I would argue that we we have a better idea of what what Ingram's game is right now because if Ben develops any sort of jumper at any point. Um, I think that opens up a world of possibilities for him and, and puts him into a, a hyper elite status if he's not already there. Right. Whereas Ingram, I, I don't think that he's ever going to be amongst the best players in the NBA. I think he's going to be a really solid number two um, or a, a bad team number one. Uh, uh, so like I, I would take over like 0.5 all-star games for Brandon Ingram in his career. Like I think yeah, he will like make ben, one. Ben Simmons, what are but, we talking, yeah. nine? <laughs> Yeah, like Ben will make many All-Star games, I think, ben, throughout ben, the course of Ben is a lock for the All-Star game in perpetuity, right. whereas we're I talking one for right. Brandon Ingram, which right. I, I will take the over, but man, um, especially because of the Eastern Conference and Ben Simmons isn't there. So with Ben, it's hard to find the fair offer. Like, I don't necessarily know what it is. Like, I, I, don't, th- I don't think one exists. Maybe they trade him for Draymond and everybody just wallows in the ambiguity like is it maybe like phil like can boston put together something if they end up they'll not never, getting anthony that, davis man that would be wild <laughs> that'd be some wild stuff 
Like I, it's it's hard. If like the I Sixers don't know. And Celtics made a trade for a star. Is it Denver? Like does Denver try and do this? Does like Denver say, you know what, we're gonna try and go all in on Jokic and Ben Simmons? Like that's a fascinating idea. A center that wants to play on the outside and a guard that wants to play on the inside. I can get behind it. Yeah, and they can both like you can basically just lead the break with anyone on the court at any time yeah basically basically you just need those two guys and then three guys who have no interest in dribbling whatsoever (laughs) just standing and ready to shoot threes and you can play great defense i i in considering uh denver's uh excellence in finding guys that can do that (laughs) just off the scrap heap i'm really into this idea now i'm just running it through my head real quick and like by the way the lakers are the obvious fit for Simmons if he goes down this road but right. i don't know we'll see we'll we see if that happens. we don't know we're, we have no we're getting idea. the this cart is... ahead of the horse on this but like that's kind of what we do in general though it's kind of what we do on this podcast we get the cart ahead Particularly of the horse this one let's go to the third guy um well let's uh i, I just want to mention real quick with Rich oh, Paul no, too. yeah this, this so is he's, important he's yeah. dealing with the darius Baisley situation as well uh so darius Baisley decided to not go to college this year he was committed to syracuse uh from what i was told academics were all fine for him like it was not a situation where he was trying to avoid the academic uh rigors and the academic qualifying process that would come with getting into syracuse and dealing with the ncaa clearinghouse he just decided to not go to college and how he ends up going through this draft process i think is going to be really important for the future because I am strongly in favor of guys skipping college. Like I think that there is a real Avenue there for elite level players to go through. Darius Baisley is a level below the type of player that I think should go through that. Like if I was Anthony Edwards this summer, uh, who is committed to Georgia, the number one recruit in the country, I would seriously consider skipping college, but Darius Baisley is in a tougher spot because he's like a top 20 kid versus the number one kid. Uh, how his pre-draft process goes, where Rich Paul finds a place for him, because ultimately in this scenario, the agent is going to play a huge role in where Baisley gets drafted. It's going to be really interesting for the NBA draft process and the way that we develop players into the future. So a game changer. So yeah, Rich Paul's got a lot going on. Next is Kyrie. You you want like I have I have Kyrie and Kawhi on like the same level. You mentioned that you yeah. want to talk about Kyrie first. Yeah. Uh, so both these guys are free agents that will play a role in shaping the title race this year. Uh, Kyrie's scenario obviously is just you know kind it's of more bizarre. Out. That's why I want to talk about it more. Right. <laughs> like like it, Kawhi's is uninteresting. Like he's going to the Clippers. Uh, Presumably, I mean that there, there are other options. He can go a lot of other places, but like right. Kyrie's not, or I'm sorry, uh, Kawhi is not made a thing out of this. Whereas Kyrie has absolutely made a thing out of all of this, and um, and it has something to do with the Kevin Durant scenario. So he, just by association, there, I think he wins the tiebreaker. But I, right. can, yeah, they're both of a, a similar ilk. They're just handling it in very different ways. Right. And there was another report late last week that Kawhi does not want to play with LeBron. Uh, forget who I saw it on pro basketball talk, but I don't know who originally this is, reported it. This is why it. the Lakers were so angry when the, the Pelicans did not want to engage because there's only one guy who actually wants to play with LeBron and it's Anthony Davis and they couldn't make it happen. Right. Like how frustrating would that be? So the Warriors 
Kings, Lakers, the Celtics went on the road and swept those three teams. They have the Clippers tonight uh, as we record this podcast on Monday. Uh, Interesting in a lot of ways that the Celtics have figured this out. Jay King did some really great reporting about a plane ride that the Celtics took and really... uh, Really got back together, got back on the same page. Uh, they've all been very public about this plane ride, saying like this is what did it right. Like this is this is what got us kind of kind of feeling loose again, feeling normal again. Uh, they're so moody. They're, it's a strange deal there because this is a bipolar team, man. This, the, the, and the by the way, like the, the craziest are just the craziest thing about all of this is that it's all so interconnected. Uh, like everything that everything within the first three players we've talked about Kawhi is on his own island kind of but like the first three players we've talked about now Kevin Durant Rich Paul Kyrie it's all connected because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are connected because they're free agents that are friends and oh they're they're more they're they're best buds right now yeah speculation is that they want to play together Anthony Davis uh plays a role in this because if the Celtics can convince the Pelicans to trade Anthony Davis to the Celtics then that gets Kyrie to potentially Kyrie, stay more. Oh, yeah. Kyrie uh, has certainly been connected to the Lakers. Uh, Draymond Green does doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this. Ben Simmons doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this. But like, well, those everything... guys are all connected to the Lakers because Rich Paul is the shadow governor, right? So like, everything is so interconnected here. It's it's all very incestuous in the way it's going to work this summer. Good that point. it's it's hard to discuss these things without kind of jumping into other areas right like rich paul is going to play a role in where Kyrie goes because ultimately if he tells the celtics that anthony davis is not going to resign there and the celtics don't call the bluff then i don't know what happens with Kyrie. (laughs) it's a mess and that's and that like the Kawhi stuff is the antithesis of this because i i would almost argue that Kawhi is a better and more impactful player and yet Kawhi is definitely a better player than Kyrie irving yeah, like I mean, full stop. It, fair enough. Yeah, uh, but man, like it, it, you just get none of this coming from him, and you have no idea if he even likes Toronto. <laughs> I mean, you you could get in theory, you could have the same makes. We don't even know if Kyrie likes Boston. Like we don't we don't know any of this stuff. It's all uh, it's all a guessing game in a lot of regards. But Kyrie makes us keep guessing for one reason, which is that he's extremely active and talks a lot, and everything is coded and. Uh, cryptic and then there's the Kawhi stuff where maybe everything's loaded but we're just not picking up those vibes <laughs> like it's uh it, either both of these players wherever they go whichever team they are with next year and beyond um that that is a major league deal these guys are both of a star caliber i don't think that's up for negotiation so uh if you're a star in the nba and you change teams you make a team and you can make and you can break a team uh Lesser than the Kevin Durant effect, but similar in a lot of ways because we're, we're dealing with the same wavelength. So, um, but, but yeah, ultimately the Ky- Kyrie thing is so messy and so peculiar uh, and more interesting that you just have to you have to give him the nod. When it comes to Kawhi, though, uh, it, maybe maybe this is the tiebreaker for you because you were you were having trouble discerning between the two of them on the ranking not that the ranking matters at all this is totally arbitrary nonsense but which team do you think has a better chance to compete for the title is it the celtics or is it the raptors 
I do think it's the Celtics at the end of the day because I think the Celtics will pose more problems for the Warriors. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I don't think that you can play Mark Gasol really against the Warriors unless they play Cousins regularly. And I don't think when push comes to sh- comes to shove, the Warriors will play to Mark's do Cousins not, like a crazy. Do not amount. underestimate Steve Kerr's propensity to do weird shit with centers in playoff series. Sure. But like if they get but, down, right. they will figure it out. Um, Boston, I think, can just pose a lot more problems for the Warriors. 100%. Realistically, We just saw it on Tuesday. Right. So I would say them and I would say that because of that, Kyrie can probably pose more of an issue. But the Raptors are really good. And the Celtics right now are in the five spot in the East. Yeah. So they're going to have to play one of Philadelphia or Indiana in the first round. That's a losable series. And then they're going to have to play Milwaukee in the second round, probably. That's a losable series. So, like, yeah, Boston is setting are, itself even if up. they are better than Toronto um, in in a head-to-head, I mean, they might be so battle-scarred by the time they, they play the Raptors, whereas if the, the seeding told the Raptors are playing the Nets, who, listen, I stand for the Nets, but that doesn't worry me. Well, and then Boston, what Boston needs the, more than anything. They need to get to the third spot. I think the team that gets to the number three seed, the 76ers, Indiana or Boston will have a significant advantage because they will not, they will only have to play two of those crazy series as opposed to three of them. Yeah, that's hundred percent right. I mean, that, that might, that's the most interesting subplot of this NBA season that is not being discussed. The fact that the Pacers have not fallen off after the Oladipo injury and that they are still mucking things up for teams like the Celtics and the 76ers by still pretending like they're in this bad boy, which they very well might be. They're playing good ball, um, though they've lost their last two. Uh, well, here, here's the thing, too. Like, yeah. do I think the Pacers win a first-round series if they're against one of these teams? No. But a series against the Pacers is going to fucking drain you. Like, they are yeah. going to defend you. They are going to play tough. They're going to play physical. They're going to play... Have fun with Miles Turner blocking 10 of your shots. Right, like have fun having to have like Thaddeus Young lean on you for 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is going to play physical with you on the perimeter. Their perimeter defenders are going to like hit like you the God, on the, the perimeter. They're like the jazz of the Eastern Conference. Like you don't fear them, but God damn it, are you angry when you have to play them? Well, like, like I do fear the jazz a little bit, by the way. Like I think the jazz I, can I make a do. run, but like the Pacers are kind of like the old school jazz teams where they will be miserable to play and they will just like beat the yeah. shit out of you basically you might not no they might not win the series but they will beat the shit out of you no question at all um so Kyrie, Matt, uh, Kawhi. let's let's talk about Kawhi because i think Kawhi is in a very different spot just because like you said his free agency is if he actually likes playing in toronto i don't i Do genuinely have no idea about Kawhi now than before the trade happened I have zero idea if he likes playing in Toronto or not. Which God bless, God bless that inscrutable man. Yeah, I love it. Like I have it's no really idea what's like, going to happen. It, this this motherfucker is impressive. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no if idea. Everybody else is having public freakouts, and this dude is just like rocking his New Balance and going to work. And uh, we should all be the NBA could use a little bit more Kawhi these days. Like no idea what's going to happen with Kawhi. <laughs> None, and I love it. <laughs> What is just uh, this dude could sign with the Kings? No, he won't go that crazy. But like, it's pro- like it is probably one of the Clippers or Toronto. Um, that's those seem to be the two places that are brought up most when you talk about this. 
uh, Toronto like, wouldn't have been brought up last year, though, and so I don't know. I guess we we no one thought that that Paul George was staying with the Thunder, and here we are. So who the hell? And like an, another part of this too is like the Clippers feel confident that they're getting everyone right. Like the Clippers feel confident that they will pitch free agents and win. Um, whether or not that ends up being borne out to be true, we'll see. But I do think that there is something too. Hey. Kawhi Leonard is from Southern California. He will be able to essentially create his own super team with the Clippers. Uh, he is only 27, if I remember correctly. So there's yes. like a lot of time here for him to figure this out. So, yeah, I, I think that that spot makes sense. Uh, Toronto also makes sense, given that they're really good. Yes. And, you know, he could resign like on a one-year deal there if he wants to really... Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, like he absolutely could. Wouldn't that be hilarious, though? Like the one-year deal, which allows players to sort of lord over their franchises and Mm -hmm. everything that Durant is doing with this, and and kind of causing problems in that regard. Uh, If Kawhi does it, like just won't use the power of the one one year deal at all to for political gain to just be like no i just want to sign for one year like it would be great if he just signed one year contracts for the rest of his career because yeah that's all it's all he's i i don't i don't get this guy and it's awesome that's fantastic i love it it's great that one of the nba's unquestioned elite players and by the way absolutely nothing about like a team that makes a lot of sense for him, like in terms of what we do know about what he values on the basketball floor, in terms of culture, Brooklyn makes a lot of sense for him in terms of like, yes, this is a team that values uh, playing the right way. Sean Marks is there, uh, was obviously in San Antonio with Kawhi Leonard, yeah. uh, was, I believe, a part of the front office that drafted him. Uh they play the right way in terms of caring about tough physical defense. Now they're just missing the star power. Like D'Angelo Russell is good and does, is potentially morphing into Kawhi that. Leonard but he's not provide there yet. star power. Like there's a difference between star power and great play. That's what I mean, though. Like star power. No, I know. I know. I just thought it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like they just um, need the star power. Like oh, hot damn! <laughs> nothing. Nothing says NBA superstar quite like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, even, even though he is. He is up there, man. He, he's going to go down as one of the great players in NBA history. And uh, I don't think we'll ever learn his middle name. <laughs> I really don't know his middle name. I have no idea. You could throw out any name right now. He, he does not have a middle name on basketball reference either, by the way. So, like, <laughs> There's no fucking way that's true. I was just making that shit up. Yeah, like we, we no really... Is Kawhi Leonard's middle name? We don't know if Kawhi has a middle name. <laughs> let's see real gm oh, it's Kawhi anthony leonard real gm does not have a like a full name for Kawhi leonard <laughs> so like we have no idea according to google Kawhi anthony leonard is it really but listen this is going off of wikipedia so who the hell knows so wikipedia has it as anthony like this is not anthony. you just like but joking, it's it, right? but that's that's wikipedia i mean I'm, I'm not seeing it on any official websites Oh god, oh, this is god. awesome! This is we have to get a, a full Wob investigation on this thing. Is Kawhi's middle name actually Anthony? Yeah, um, or did <laughs> just someone make that up and see how long weather balloon? Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, let's go to number five. Number five here, I have Magic Johnson. Yeah, and I had I, I, higher on my list, but uh, you, you talked me out of it, and I think you, you made some excellent points. So I, I think that part of it 
is that they're just so magic is gonna have to make a decision on luke walton right like just gonna have to right i mean i I think that decision has been made but yeah right it needs to be made public right um hilarious thing from bill orham's column on the athletic today uh after delivering james in july johnson ignored the pleas of the coaching staff that he retained brooke lopez and julius randall instead he signed javel mcgee michael beasley and lance stevenson um, he, he also ignored the pleas of every single person who knows anything about basketball. But I do appreciate Luke clapping back at a situation that has been eminently unfair to him. Well, the funny, the funny thing about this is like, we knew from the moment that magic did that, uh, interview during summer league where he talked about zigging oh, we got shooting. We got while shooting. the warriors are going to zag. Like I watched every playoff series and saw this. Thanks, Magic. You did the bare minimum. You watched playoff series. Like, you, you and millions of other people. Yeah. I mean, like, it's we gotta, hard. We got like, to get, get shooters around LeBron. Let's sign Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. Like, I legit have respect for Magic Johnson and his basketball genius on the court. I have respect for Magic Johnson as a businessman who has made hundreds of of millions of dollars investing in companies and being on board as, of companies. But as a basketball businessman, not so awesome. Right. Like, basketball genius plus businessman genius does not equal basketball businessman genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> basketball businessman might be my new uh, gnome de plume. <laughs> but, like, Vincent Adultman, basketball <laughs> businessman. Is, is Magic Johnson the Vincent Adultman of. <laughs> NBA well, there, was a, there was a theory there was a theory for a while that the magic johnson twitter account was run by a german shepherd dog or no a golden retriever dog yeah just like all positivity all the time it was, yeah just it like was just like it was just a smiling golden style. retriever just happy at all times and it was like you read it back and if you just kind of view it from the the viewpoint of like a a, a talking golden retriever from one of those movies in the late 80s early 90s it, it really did play the part and uh, oh I wish God. I could have that kind of positive energy. I certainly don't. Uh, that would be fantastic. I, I would love to be a, a golden retriever myself. Uh, but alas, we're, we're not there either. Um, so Magic oh, is going to have a lot color. to do. Magic has a max free agency spot this summer. If they miss out on Anthony Davis, which I that wouldn't say is a sure juncture. thing. I wouldn't say is a sure thing. But I would say it's more likely than not that they miss out on Anthony Davis. Okay, that's an interesting take. I, I just put it at 50-50, but sure, yeah. But like, I, I think there's a better chance that Boston gets him, and I think that there is a real chance that like the team that gets number one overall throws that in a deal for Anthony Davis. Like, If the Knicks get number two overall, is there a chance that like the Pelicans value R.J. Barrett at a significantly high level and say like R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Frank Nilakina for anthony davis like is that a reason is that a better offer than what the lakers can put on the table like personally i don't think it is but are the pelicans petty enough to just send him to the east maybe yeah like I, like i'm not saying that like i think that all of this is rational i'm saying that i we think don't even that, know who the gm is we don't even know who's gonna make right. that decision so it's exactly to- right so it's hard to really decide what the deal is but let's say that the lakers miss out on anthony davis this gets hard this gets really hard because like is Jimmy Butler interested in going there? Do they try and sign Jimmy Butler? Is Jimmy is Butler that, just going to stay in Philadelphia? Somebody, is that somebody you want? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, honestly, like I think Philadelphia is probably a better spot if Jimmy Butler just full on wants to win for the longest period of time that he can win. Yeah, yeah 
I think that that is a better spot. And uh, I'm saying, and I'm no, I'm saying more to the effect of is is Jimmy Butler given his size, his theoretical position, LeBron James, is that a match that even really works all that well for the Lakers? Or are they not just really for hell-bent me. on star power no matter what? Yeah, not really for me, but uh, he'd at least be a star. Uh, Milwaukee, Chris Middleton. Like, Chris Middleton has publicly said he's very happy in Milwaukee. Milwaukee feels good about re-signing him. I don't think he leaves Milwaukee. Um, the next place in terms of free agency is, like, then what Kemba Walker realistically, if we're throwing, if we're saying Kawhi is not going like, is it clay Thompson? I guess, uh, I like if clay wants, we don't really know what drives clay necessarily, I guess, but we do. It's just not, it's not what most other people are driven by. Yeah. Like does clay want to deal with the LeBron circus? Um, clay, clay is going to get a max from the warriors. And I would imagine that he signs it. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. So like, you're at Kemba Walker, who Kemba, by the way, is a guy that's like an honorable mention on this list. Yeah. Um, we're going to run through a few names here at the end. and We've gone through a couple about... of the names on it. I mean, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. He's an honorable mention on this one, too. Because yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them in a minute. Because like Magic Johnson, I think, is like just fascinating in a lot of ways. Like, it doesn't feel like Magic has as much agency as he should have given his position with the team. And Rob Polinka should be part of this as well. Like, yeah, Rob, Rob Polinka, I think deserves to be mentioned as well. Like, is there a chance that they try and sign to Marcus cousins? If they miss out on some of these guys? Um, yeah, I don't think that's a good decision, but yeah, like that, Kyrie has been mentioned with them. Now. I think that we should probably bring up Kyrie. Uh, yeah. I like, Maybe, I think, I think well, one of just, New York or Boston is more likely, but we should bring them up. The funniest one is D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I can't imagine D'Angelo Russell re-signing there. I can't imagine Julius Randle like signing there. Um, oh that would be hilarious. Like Al Horford, I think is would uh, rather just re-sign with Boston because that gives him a better chance to win. Yeah, um, Horford got it funny. I think that he'll he'll be cool about it going forward. Yeah. So like, it's 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 hard. Like it's it's like Kemba Walker then is the guy that they probably spend on, and that's if Kemba leaves and. That's if Kemba decides that he would rather be in Los Angeles versus his hometown of New York, both of which have max cap spots in Brooklyn and the, the Knicks. So, like, yeah, if that's the scenario, that, I, that, I then that's that's LeBron, Kemba, and, and maybe Anthony Davis. That that's an interesting one, two, three. Oh yeah, like I think that team probably wins a title. To be honest, LeBron, Kemba, and Anthony Davis. Like I, I think that team wins a title, but that requires like a lot to go right. When would they do that? <laughs> I mean, listen, that's, that's an awesome, that's an awesome three man unit, but like, I, I would legit say that that team would be favored to win a title next year over, over a, a Durant warriors over a Durant less warriors. Let's say Durant I less think, warriors. Okay. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah, we've already, I mean, listen, I understand why your, your mind is there. Uh, yeah. Like if, okay, let's say if Kevin Durant would leave the warriors, I think that a Lakers with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kemba Walker is favored to win the title. Yeah, I like it. But like that requires them to get Anthony Davis. And we just said that the Lakers are probably second or third in the pecking order there. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're just knows. second or third in the pecking order of everyone, it seems like right now. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it really hard. They're probably going to get they're someone. Killing it. Well, they're, they're probably going to get someone. Like, we should feel good about that. But, but, but how, lo- how low on the list do they have to go? Yeah, like it's who, and I I don't know who the who is there. I don't I don't know who the who is either. Um, maybe it's Zion. <laughs> It'd be really funny if they won the lottery. If the if the Lakers win the lottery, riots. there would be riots. I would laugh so hard. I, like 
my initial tweet would literally be 280 characters of me laughing. <laughs> um, God, that would be incredible. It would I'm be... still rooting for the Knicks. The Knicks are still the team that I root for to, to get Zion, just because of the chaos that would ensue from that. I want, uh, I want either Phoenix or Atlanta to end up with Zion. Because they, they have Atlanta done... That would be awesome. Atlanta has done this the right way so far. I think it would right. be earned. They deserve the good uh, karma. Phoenix, I think, like, if you put DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Zion together. And by the way, Zion Williamson, another guy that's on this list of people yep. who will shape the NBA over the course of the next year. Zion Williamson, 100%, is one of the, like, 15 most important people in basketball right now. I mean, you could argue that he's number two on this list or number three on this list behind uh, Rich Paul. The problem is Zion has no agency over where he goes. And he can't shape the title race this year either. Like, I I don't think you can make a case for him top five just because, like, he's not shaping the title race and he has no agency. But, like, he, in terms of guys who will be, like, the biggest story in the NBA next year, he is going to be in the top five of that. Where does Price Waterhouse Cooper fit on this? Because they're the people who who, uh, verify, (laughs) verify the draft lottery. So, anyway, Magic Johnson, I don't know what Magic's going to do, but what the Lakers do is incredibly important. Uh, let's uh, let's stop real quick, though, for an ad break, because betting on the Lakers is probably a bad idea, right? Like Right now? We don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on them. Yeah. We don't, betting on anything the Lakers are going to do is probably a bad idea. Just, just throwing, throwing it against the wall. But what you should do is you should be betting on these NCAA tournament conference tournaments. Uh, it's another huge week across college basketball. It's some exciting matchups. There's only one place to get in on all this action. It's betonline.ag. Sports, casino, virtual casino, you name it. Betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. Uh, go to uh, – where are we going here? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me, let me pull this up here. I got, I got seamless, something from my guy. Your seamless reads have, have – have fallen apart on us, man. I got something from my guy, Guy Near here over at CLNS. He tells me that you're going to want to go to clnsmedia.com slash game theory. That is the custom URL you want to go to to uh, get your bet online 50% bonus. You're going to have to put in a promo code CLNS50 as well, I believe. But if you do that, you're going to get a 50% bonus on the uh, on the money that you put in to your account. Bet online is just fantastic i mean i am so excited for these conference tournaments this week uh, i will bet on almost every single one of them i will bet on a winner i'm excited to bet on DePaul to win the big east tournament because i want chaos and they're probably at like 20 to 1 right now uh okay. the best place to do that is betonline.ag uh go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag Try some in-game live betting. I do that pretty regularly, too. Uh, use that promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. They are your sportsbook experts. Dieter, Boom. I've also got another advertisement here. Hit them. We talked about fashion earlier in the podcast. Oh, Jesus. This is... Oh, I can already feel the pain coming my way. And part of fashion is feeling good about your body. Part of fashion is feeling good about where you're at and how you look that explains so much about my my fashion predicament 66 percent of men lose their hair by the age of 35 and the thing is that when you notice hair loss it's too late uh if that hairline is slowly moving backwards i've got a solution for you it's forhims.com a one-stop shop 
for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. You save hours by going to forhims.com. It really is so easy. I am a fan of forhims.com. Uh, to order now, my listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash game theory. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash game theory. Forhims.com slash game theory. All right, Dieter, let's get into some of these honorable mention types. Uh, we have Jimmy Butler here just because Jimmy Butler is going to really shape this upcoming title race. If you believe Philadelphia has the best starting five in the Eastern conference, like I believe. Okay. Uh, okay. He's also going to shape the free agency picture just because we don't know necessarily what his decision will be uh, beyond that. If anyone actually will want him, I think teams will want him because he's really fucking good at basketball, but <laughs> fair point. Um, He's certainly fallen off of that like hyper elite list. I would argue, yeah, like a couple of months. The fact that Minnesota got a lot better by getting rid of him didn't help. And the fact that he's, I mean, he's he's not a. I appreciate this about his game. He's not a high usage guy, uh, and he can affect the game in, in different ways. But when I watch the Sixers, I, I I don't come away generally wowed by Jimmy Butler's impact on the contest all that often. Uh, seems like he saves a lot for fourth quarters, and then yeah. But that's that's not, what they ask him to do, though. I think like they ask no, him yeah, to save. He, for he's the just fourth playing quarter. his role, and that's that's appreciated. It's appreciated that he's not you know demanding the ball more, and this, he's he's just he's being an, a, a steady professional basketball player. There's also a lot of other stuff going on there, and um, and I, I just don't think that he's going to be atop anyone's list as this is the guy we have to get. He is a backup plan for a lot of teams. Good backup plan, but still a backup plan. Kemba Walker uh, does he stay that's in Charlotte? Charlotte is going to offer yeah. him the max. Right. Yeah. Um, but is, is he the secondary piece for someone like the Lakers? Is he the secondary piece for the Knicks? Uh, if they get their superstar free agent and Kevin Durant and Kyrie decides not to resign. Is like, he willing to take less money to go to a theoretically better team? Yeah, exactly. So his situation is fascinating for the offseason more than anything because like, so we mentioned this earlier and his deal kind of dovetails nicely with Bradley Beal, who I also have on this list. Um, if you're the Lakers and you miss on Anthony Davis and you're the Wizards, and this is to me, in my opinion, I don't know if Ernie Grunfeld feels this way. I don't know if Ernie Grunfeld's going to be running the team in two months. Uh, but, Ernie Grunfeld is forever. Don't don't worry about that. But the Wizards are not going to be good next year. No, sir. John Wall's out for the year, and if he like, doesn't miss every game next year, he is going to be recovering from Achilles and playing himself into uh game shape essentially recovering from said achilles injury they don't really have much else now that they've dealt auto porter uh like i don't think jabari parker is staying they're probably going to overpay bobby portis so that means your decision here is to either make a one-year contender run with bradley beal john wall and bobby portis or to deal bradley beal this summer and get max value for him because he has two years left on his contract. To me, it's a no-brainer. I think you deal Bradley Beal this summer. I don't know if they feel that way, but that's what I would do. I would deal Bradley Beal and start to rebuild if I was Washington. You could get a massive package for Bradley Beal. Like, if you're the Lakers and you miss out on Anthony Davis, 
you have to go right to Bradley Beal. Fact, I think you go right to Bradley Beal. I think that you move Brandon Ingram. I think you move like Lonzo Ball probably. Like I think you move both of them in that deal, and you probably move a first-round pick for Bradley Beal. I don't think you think too hard about it. I mean, Beal is an elite player in this league. Uh, and he's a perfect fit. You, I don't know if there is a player in the NBA right now who is more of a perfect fit for LeBron than Bradley Beal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, then, then again, there's not a lot of teams where Bradley Beal isn't a great fit because he just right. is such an excellent, well-rounded player. And then again, Magic Johnson hasn't exactly placed a lot of value on getting a perfect fit. For LeBron James. So, like, maybe all of this is... He got JaVale McGee. What more did you want? Maybe all of this is theoretical in nature. But <laughs> it only I think like that it, like, a little bit. But, like, you can make a case for so many teams around the NBA to go get Bradley Beal, right? Like, you can make you a can case make that a the case Clippers... That the Warriors should go do it. Like, the Clippers should go try and get Bradley Beal and then use their two max cap spaces and use Bradley Beal to lure those two max cap guys in. You could make a case that the Kings should go get Bradley Beal, I think, uh, and just, like, pair him with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and, and just create, that like... works out long-term. An unbelievable shooting core. Yeah. You can make a case, I think, that, like, even someone like San Antonio should go get Bradley Beal if they can get their pieces together. Uh, yeah, I don't I'd think that they necessarily have the pieces, but like there, there are just so many different spots where his game works. Like, we're, yeah, we're we're also dealing with a front office, as you mentioned. You don't know if Ernie Grunfeld's calling the shots, but um, this is a team that doesn't have much interest in anything other than short-term kind of one-year deals to win the eight seed. And um, yes, next year is going to suck, but they probably view next year as, well, we still have Bradley Beal. We can maybe go out and get somebody and get the eight seed next year. And then John Wall's coming back. And, and God knows John Wall's an elite player in this league. We're paying him like one. So we should be A-OK down the line. So long as we keep Bradley Beal and John Wall, everything's going to be fine for the Washington Wizards. Of course, that isn't the case, but um, we're not dealing with rational actors. In, in right. Like if you're, if you're Utah, I think you should make a real offer for Bradley Beal. What, is there a team out there that you think should not? I mean, like, you could maybe make a case for Phoenix. Like, I don't know that I would love Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, like, defending wings. Um, I don't know if Dallas has anything left to deal for Bradley Beal. Yeah. Uh, like, New Orleans. Like, any team that's, like, rebuilding in the next few years. Like, I don't know if Atlanta should do it. Like, Atlanta probably shouldn't do it because they're trying to align their core to compete at the same time. But... Like Cleveland, again, same deal, probably shouldn't do it. Uh, if you're the Knicks, though, and you get two max free agents and Anthony Davis gets traded to the Celtics and you can maybe move uh, Frank Nilakina, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Knox in a pick for Bradley Beal, or like if you could move R.J. Barrett and one of those pieces for Bradley Beal, who will then, R.J. Barrett has eight years of team control, that's probably worthwhile, I think. For the Wizards, right? So there, there are just a lot of avenues out there. He's going to be this. He would be at least. I don't know if he's going to be. He would be the subject of a massive bidding war. That makes a lot of sense to me. Move him. Yeah. No. I listen. You, you don't have to convince me of it. It's just more to the effect of uh, I don't trust the Wizards to do smart things at all. Yeah, they're they're not a great organization. But <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, Ke- Kemba, ahead, bring it up. But Kemba, I think, is interesting as well. We talked about Zion. Zion. Where he ends up is going to reshape the NBA in some way. Uh, it's if it's Atlanta or Phoenix, it creates like the next future elite team that everyone talks about. 
if it's Chicago, I think that a similar situation happens. It creates like the next team that everyone talks about. Uh, Minnesota, obviously, again, another team like all of these teams that are missing the playoffs. He genuinely changes their fortunes in a significant, substantial way. If it's Dallas, Dallas actually might be my favorite spot. Now that I like, there are a lot of spots that make sense. Like, look, what is what is the pick protection with top the, five the Hawks top for five. Dallas? Yeah, Dallas keeps it if it's top five. Um, God, that would be fun. Yeah, if if they get Zion, Kristaps, and Luka Doncic, they're the next team that everyone's talking about. Phoenix is the next team. Atlanta's the next team. You know, the Knicks. If the Knicks miss out on free agency, like if Kevin Durant decides to stay, the Knicks would Zion, at least have Zion would be helpful. Yeah, interesting core. Uh, so it's just it, a, was, it's, it was suggested to me as part of a column I wrote that the Knicks are the Warriors biggest threat that if Zion and the Knicks are running away with the the, the worst record, not that it helps their odds all that relatively, but they're, right. they're locking in that 14 percent. Um, it, it had even been suggested to me that instead of trading Zion for Anthony Davis uh, or putting him as part of that trade package after getting, say, you know, uh, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant that they should just keep Zion not I don't think that that's a astute observation but the fact that it can even be suggested that Zion would be better to have than Anthony Davis states how yeah. impactful people think he can be and, and certainly long term but who the hell knows uh, it, it was just an interesting it didn't even dawn on me and then someone brought it up and it's like wow that's that's a that's a bold statement and I can't necessarily dispute it yeah um trying to think who else do i have here i've got i've got james harden chris paul nikola Jokic, russell westbrook paul george uh the utah guys like just these players that are in the western conference that will try and dethrone the golden state warriors right like these guys will all play a role the warriors i guess i would say look more vulnerable than they have in however long in the western conference five years now so yeah. that's interesting at least that's something to note uh i still don't think like part of the reason that like in normal years you would think that the players who impact the title race are more important than the players who impact the offseason this year because the warriors are still such overwhelming favorites to win the title and should be such overwhelming favorites to win the title it does feel like the offseason because this is the first offseason where feels like that can substantially change is more important. And I think that's why you look at some of the actors at the top of this list as being the guys who shape the off season more than the guys who shape the title race. Right. But I think you have to mention the guys who shape the title race as well. Nikola Jokic, like if he is playoff God, I am skeptical of how his game's going to translate in the playoffs defensively, but like not optimistic. If it does translate for whatever reason, then he has to be mentioned here. Like Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Paul George is probably what? third maybe fourth in the mvp race right now yeah that that stretch where he was out um cooled off a lot of the the jets but yeah he, he's in it he's certainly in the race yeah uh houston james harden and chris paul i mean are they houston, they're probably the top threat to the warriors right now so you yeah, would have houston to, has been great yeah houston has been great over the course of the last month and a half so i look at all of this as fascinating in terms of can someone finally knock off the Warriors? I'm skeptical. I don't think it's going to happen this year. But the Warriors, the Warriors will essentially knock themselves off. They have to come down to meet everyone else's level. That is something that could very well happen. 
the question is who could take advantage of a, a situation like that. So yeah. the, the players that, that you just mentioned are, are the leaders of teams like that. I don't think Denver's necessarily of that class, but Houston, Oklahoma City, that's a one-two that if the Warriors aren't right for that series, and, and that series seems inevitable against at least one of those two teams, um, yeah, um, <laughs> they, they could absolutely lose that. And, and this is something to where I mentioned the, the negative spirit of this team. There's still 16 games left in the regular season for the Warriors, but they are playing uh, bottom third defense right now in the NBA. Uh, they Their offense is, is clunky and disjointed at times because they're overfeeding DeMarcus Cousins on the in the low post. Uh, there is a bad vibe. There's a bad energy around this team. And if that doesn't change, that's the kind of stuff that can undercut a great team come playoff time. If you go down 2-1 in a series and you got all this negative bad energy, it can go one of two ways. But you, you don't bet on a, a team with bad energy in a situation like that to come through in the clutch, even though they have done it time and time again. This is a team that is exceptional at dicking around. We saw it in last year's Western Conference Finals where they had to go and have exceptional second halves against the Rockets in Game 6 and 7 to not just stave off elimination but win the series in and of itself. I don't know if Chris Paul changes the calculus at all, no more so perhaps than Andre Guadalla would have, but there are the gap between the Warriors and the rest of the Western Conference I don't think is as large as it has been in prior years because of the Warriors' lack of depth and because of that bad energy. And if there are a couple of guys in the Western Conference that decide this is it and they put together their best year in the postseason, this postseason, um, yeah, we, we, we're not talking about the Warriors coasting to a championship we're talking about another team coming out of the western conference so and the team that we haven't mentioned here by the way in any of this podcast is the team with the best record in the nba right now the bucks yeah and, and, I, I, and we do and this is this is something that uh i'm going to rally for for the next month until the the playoffs start which is we do not talk about the bucks enough yeah. they're doing historic shit um they are are, are they are they the best team in the NBA right now? They are playing like the best team in the NBA. Yeah, they have the number three That's offense. They have the number one defense. But yeah. the reason that there is still skepticism about this is even like among NBA circles, like with you talk oh, to totally. NBA executives as much as I do, like there is still concern about if this team is a regular season team or if they're yep. a team that can be successful in the regular season and the playoffs. And part of that is. Can they adjust to what other teams present them? And look, we talked about all the best players in the Western Conference that are going to shape the Western Conference playoff race. We could say, like, Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably going to be the MVP of the NBA this year, given the way the Bucs have played. Should be the MVP, in my opinion. He is going to play a role here. He needs to be mentioned. But to me, the guy who's going to play a bigger role in all of this is Mike Budenholzer. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, throughout his career, really, has been... Not a guy who plays like switching defense at all. And I think that once you get into a playoff series, like if you're Boston, for instance, and you can pose problems for Milwaukee uh, by exploiting their defense where they sink their pick and roll guy uh, all the way back into the paint. And you have Jason Tatum who will just happily roll around a screen and knock down an 18-footer. Like this stuff is important, I think, in terms of how the Bucks are willing to adjust. Are the Bucks willing to adjust. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, over his playoff career, has not been fantastic at this. Uh, how quickly is he willing to go to a switching defense with 
a roster that is, by the way, tailor made. Super switchable. Like, like it's it's stupid how switchable they are. I don't understand why he doesn't go with it, but that's just me. Well, I understand because he's right now. I understand because he's had success. They are the number one defense in the NBA. They should not go with it right now. But there are going to be times in the playoffs where it's going to make sense to switch. And really, they do only have like one, two lineups realistically that can switch. They all involve Giannis at the five. Yes. You probably need Chris Middleton at the four unless you're willing to play DJ Wilson I think uh, that in the DJ playoffs. DJ Wilson particularly would be an excellent four in that situation if you but are trying to they haven't really, line up on the court. They haven't they really haven't been, been willing to play him as much recently. Which I don't uh, get. I don't get well, it's because they got Nikola Mirotic, they got Ersan Ilyasova back playing a little bit better recently, uh, and will be interesting to see what they do with Pau Gasol, right? Wilson was, well, they're playing Pau over, over Wilson right now, and it's like Wilson is, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just me DJ holding Wilson on. Wilson is a better player than Pau Gasol right now. Like, There's just no question up. in my mind. There's no question yeah. in my mind. Like, DJ Wilson was found money for this team. And he is just absolutely like the the epitome of a Bucks player. He's stupid long. He can do the basic stuff right. He's got a little plus. Like he, he's a, he's a super poor man's Pascal Siakam in a way. I mean, way further uh, back on the development curve. But like you can see these sparks that get you really excited about what this guy could be down the line. And now he's relegated to the bench. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um. I mean, like just. <laughs> You can look at the player type that like the Bucks bring in, and I think it in large part has to do with what Mike Budenholzer wants, right? Uh, Nikola Mirotic, Pau Gasol, Brooke Lopez. Like, I'm not sure what Pau Gasol. I mean, the, he wants Ersan Ilyasova. Ersan Ilyasova is like the tailor made Mike Budenholzer guy. He just wants he just wants a dude who's willing to stand outside well, wants, the three point line. Like, what what do you like? What are we saying? He likes here? like you know quote-unquote, cerebral, slow yeah. white dudes who will run his scheme. That worked out great in Atlanta. Right. Like, so I, I don't I don't know what to make of all of this. I'm going to be fascinated to see if he's willing to go with more of the switching lineup, if he's willing to try and, try and do things that make more sense, realistically, <laughs> uh, in a playoff he's willing, series. If he's willing to play 2019 basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, because at some point he's going to have to, like he's just going to have to. So uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do shit. <laughs> I think at some point he's going to have to, but that's just me. Okay. I, I, um, I, I, that's logic speaking. Where <laughs> that goes for us? That's about all I've got uh, on this list here. Uh, is there anyone else you want to mention? No, man. We we went through it. That was it. it it's uh, disjointed and it was a it was a hot mess. But um, these are these are the players, man. Like this is. This is a weird time in the it's NBA. It's a weird NBA year. Yeah, it really is. It's so weird. And just looking at this list, like Kawhi Leonard, uh, an NBA Finals MVP, a, a, uh, a guy who, who could have won an NBA MVP not too long ago, a guy who uh, was the epicenter of drama and intrigue uh, this time last year uh, in, in some ways. He's fourth on this list. And yep. uh, I mean, that's just that's just crazy. And Magic Johnson's on it. Like, what the hell's going on? Uh, there's a lot of shit that's happened over the last year, man. And uh, it seems like this trend isn't one that's going to go away. So uh, I need to start reading like Us Weekly and watching the Kardashians to perhaps better understand uh, how to handle this new world MBA that we're dealing with. 
Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I saw I saw Captain Marvel uh, last Friday. What did you think? I thought it was great. I loved it. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'll go see it then. Um, yeah. I, I legit thought it. I was questionable like for the first half hour, and then it really yeah. came together. I thought That's it was fantastic. really, really good. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I mean, every, uh, I haven't I haven't heard terrible things. The worst I've heard is meh, which that's fine. I mean, there's some stuff that's going to blow up, so I'll take meh. Yeah. So, like, look, it hasn't been a great year of 2019 movies so far. Nope. But like, I have it ahead of Velvet Buzzsaw as my favorite movie right now. Not a like, high bar. Yeah, it's not a high bar, but like, you know, solid A minus movie. I it thought. Counts. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, no, like, that's good. That's good. Good uh, movie. Uh, I'll go see it in the next couple of days. Uh, it's it's shown around the corner, so that's, uh, that's good times. I mean, other than Trent Brown becoming the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history, because John Gruden's got a John Gruden, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in this world. Things are crazy right now. <laughs> I'm going to go see if the Warriors haven't all beaten the shit out of each other. That's well, what I'm going to go do this afternoon. That'd be that'd be nice if they haven't done that. It, it would it would be nice on a human level, but you know, uh, to, to quote Darren Rovell, this is bad for our country, but it is tremendous content. Oh no, uh, do you tell the people where they can find your work? Uh, the San Jose Mercury News, the East Bay Times. It's all part of the Bay Area News Group, and you can find me on Twitter at d curtainbach, where I am much more cogent and energetic. Go to uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Android, wherever you listen to podcasts and content, please. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Uh, go to the Athletic. Keep me employed over there as well. That'd be nice. Um, You've been killing it. You've been killing it with those with those coach interview stories, man. I mean, that was a that's good stuff. And I'm, I'm also going to be doing some like team based uh, off season slash draft previews. Uh, I've written the first one already. It's on the Knicks. We're trying to decide how we want to roll it out and everything. So that'll be that'll be coming at some point here. But uh, until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.